You are listening to the Aligned and Alive podcast with Chrissy May, where we discuss the various aspects of spirituality and wellness. A place where you can find guidance and a space to explore your life's meaning and purpose, allowing you to become connected, aligned, and feeling fully alive. Welcome back, all you beautiful souls, to another episode of Aligned and Alive. I'm your host, Chrissy May, and today I'm speaking on the subject of emotional regulation and why it's important to develop the skill set in learning how to regulate your emotions so you can experience healthier relationships and, of course, overall well being. So, what would your life look like? If you could learn how to regulate your emotions, if situations and circumstances didn't affect you as deeply as they may do right now. Well, first, I believe it's important to understand what exactly is emotional regulation. Emotional regulation refers to the process of managing and modulating one's emotions in order to adapt to different situations, cope with stress and maintain a sense of emotional balance. It involves being aware of your emotions, understanding them, and using effective strategies to control their intensity, duration, and expression. Emotions are a natural part of a human being, and everyone experiences a wide range of emotions throughout their lives. However, some people may struggle with emotional regulation, leading to difficulties in dealing with strong emotions, impulsivity, and challenges in maintaining healthy relationships. So effective emotional regulation involves several key components. I'm going to list out a few. Emotional awareness. So it's the ability to recognize and identify your own emotions as they arise and is essential for emotional regulation. This involves understanding the different nuances of emotions and being able to label them accurately. Emotional acceptance, accepting that emotions are a normal part of your life, even if they are uncomfortable or difficult, is an important step in emotional regulation. Avoiding judgment of your emotions can help prevent suppressing or denying them, which may lead to more significant emotional challenges later on. Coping strategies. Developing healthy and adaptive coping strategies is crucial for managing emotions. These strategies may include deep breathing exercises, mindfulness practices, physical activity, moving your body, journaling, one of my favorites, seeking support from great friends, or even a therapist or mentor. And of course, engaging in activities that bring you joy and relaxation. Cognitive reframing. This involves challenging and altering negative thought patterns that may trigger intense emotions. By changing the way you perceive and interpret events, you can influence your emotional responses positively. Problem solving. Sometimes emotional dysregulation can stem from our unresolved issues or problems. So learning to address and solve problems constructively can help reduce emotional distress. Social support. 
Connecting with others who provide emotional support can be beneficial for regulating emotions. So talking to those close friends, family members, or even a mentor or therapist can offer a fresh perspective and help validate your feelings and self-compassion, being kind and understanding towards yourself, especially during challenging emotional times is so crucial. Avoid self-criticism and practicing self-compassion can help you manage your emotions much more effectively. It's essential to remember that emotional regulation is a skill that can be developed. Yay. So it's not over (laughs) and improved over time with practice and patience for some individuals, especially those with a certain mental health condition, seeking professional help from a therapist or counselor may be in your best interest. So you can learn and hone these skills. Bethany Klin, PhD, has more than 20 years of experience in leadership development and shaping organizational cultures and shares her perspective and guidance as a better up fellow coach. Some people are better at regulating their emotions than others, Klin says. They are high in emotional intelligence and are aware of both their internal experiences and the feelings of others. While it may seem like they're just naturally calm, These people experience negative feelings too. They've just developed coping strategies that allow them to self-regulate difficult emotions. Clint states, the good news is that emotional self-regulation isn't a static trait. Emotion regulation skills can be learned and improved over time. Learning how to manage negative experiences can benefit your mental and physical health. As adults, we are expected to manage our emotions in ways that are socially acceptable and help us navigate our lives. When our emotions get the better of us, they can cause problems, obviously. And many of us have experienced that throughout our life at some point. Many factors can impede emotional regulation. These include our beliefs about negative emotions or a lack of emotional regulation skills. Sometimes stressful situations can evoke especially powerful emotions. And I know myself, I've been there. So I'm sure many of you have experienced moments in your life where you have been triggered and those emotions are on high alert. So here are five emotional regulation skills you should master. There are a number of skills that can help you self-regulate your emotions. Number one, create space. Emotions happen fast. We don't think now I will be angry. We are just suddenly clenched jawed and furious. So the number one skill in regulating difficult emotions, the gift we can give ourselves is to pause, take a breath, slow down the moment between trigger and response. Did you feel that? Yes. It felt so good. Number two, noticing what you feel. An equally important skill involves the ability to become aware of what you're feeling. Dr. Judson Brewer, MD, PhD, recommends practices for becoming more curious about your own physical reactions. Tune into yourself and consider in what parts of your body are you noticing sensations? Is your stomach upset? 
Is your heart racing? Do you feel tension in your neck or your head? Your physical symptoms can be clues to what you are experiencing emotionally. Inquiring into what is happening to you physically can also distract your focus and allow some of the intensity of the emotion to go away. And number three, naming what you feel. After noticing what you feel, the ability to name it can help you get control of what is happening. Ask yourself, what would you call the emotions you're feeling? Is it anger, sadness, disappointment, or resentment? What else is it? One strong emotion that often hides beneath others is fear. Many of us feel more than one emotion at a time. So don't hesitate to identify multiple emotions you might be feeling. Then dig a little deeper. If you feel fear, what are you really afraid of? If you feel anger, what are you angry about or toward? Being able to name your emotions will help you get one step closer to sharing your emotions with others. Number four, accepting the emotion. Emotions are a normal and natural part of how we respond to situations. Rather than beating yourself up or for feeling angry or scared, recognize that your emotional reactions are valid. Try to practice self-compassion and give yourself some grace. Ah, yes. Recognize that experiencing emotions is a normal human reaction. And number five, practicing mindfulness. Mindfulness helps us live in the moment by paying attention to what is inside us. Use your senses to notice what is happening around you in non-judgmental ways. These skills can help you stay calm and avoid engaging in negative thought patterns when you are in the midst of emotional pain. Klein also has seven strategies that can help you regulate your emotions. There are a number of emotion regulation strategies that people can master to build their coping skills. So it's important to consider which strategies are most useful and which ones to avoid. There are two broad categories of emotional regulation. The first is reappraisal, which is changing how we think about something in order to change our response. And the second is suppression which is linked to more negative outcomes. Research indicates that ignoring our emotions is associated with dissatisfaction and poor well-being. So let's look at seven strategies that can help to manage emotions in a healthy and helpful way. Number one, identify and reduce triggers. You shouldn't try to avoid negative emotions or even be afraid of them but you also don't have to keep putting yourself in a situation that brings on unpleasant emotions. So start to look for patterns or factors that are present when you start to feel strong emotions. This requires some curiosity and of course, honesty. Did something make you feel small? Strong emotions often spring up out of our deep-seated insecurities, especially the ones we hide. What is happening around you? And what past experiences does it bring up for you? When you identify these triggers, you can start to explore why they carry so much weight 
and whether you can reduce their importance. For example, a CEO might be embarrassed to admit that he gets angry when discussing numbers because he struggled in math class. Understanding this trigger might be enough. Or the CEO might choose to preview the monthly charts in private to avoid the trigger of feeling like everyone else is waiting for him. Number two, tune into physical symptoms. Pay attention to how you are feeling, including whether you are feeling hungry or tired. These factors can exasperate your emotions and cause you to interpret your emotions more strongly. If you can address the underlying issue, example, hunger or exhaustion, possibly, you can change your emotional response. Number three, consider the story you are telling yourself. Oh, yes. We can create some really crazy scenarios, can't we? In the absence of information, we fill in the blanks with details of our own. Perhaps you are feeling rejected after you haven't heard from a family member. You believe it's because they no longer care about you. Well, before you make these attributions, ask yourself what other explanations might be possible. In the example of the family member, what else could be going on with them that would stop them from reaching out to you? Could they be busy or even possibly sick? Are they a well-intentioned person who often forgets to follow through on commitments? Better up Shauna Waters recommends the just like me technique. Whatever motive or action you are assigning to the other person, there's almost always another person involved, by the way, add just like me to the end. It is a way of reminding yourself that they are also an imperfect human being. Number four, engage in positive self-talk. When our emotions feel overwhelming, our self-talk can become negative. I messed up again. Everyone else is so awful. If you treat yourself with empathy, you can replace some of this negative talk with positive comments. So try encouraging yourself by saying, I always try so hard or people are doing the best they can. This shift can help mitigate the emotions we're feeling. You can still be frustrated with a situation that isn't working out, but no longer have to assign blame or generalize it beyond the situation. Number five, make a choice about how to respond. In most situations, we have a choice about how to respond. If you tend to respond to feelings of anger by lashing out at people, you likely notice the negative impact it is having on your relationships. You might also notice that it doesn't feel good or it feels good at the moment, but the consequences are painful. Next time you feel anger or fear, recognize that you get to choose how you want to respond. That recognition is powerful. Rather than lashing out, can you try a different response? Is it possible for you to tell someone that you're feeling angry rather than speaking harshly to them? Get curious about what will happen if you switch up your responses. How did you feel? How did the other person respond? 
Number six, look for positive emotions. Human beings naturally attribute more weight to negative emotions than positive ones. This is known as negativity bias. Negative emotions like disgust, anger, and sadness tend to carry a lot of weight. Positive feelings like contentment, interest, and gratitude are quieter. Making a habit of noticing these positive experiences can boost resilience and well-being. And number seven, seek out a therapist or mentor or counselor that can help you manage your emotions because it can be difficult. It requires a high degree of self-awareness. When we're having a hard time, our emotional self-regulation begins to suffer. And sometimes we need a partner who can help us learn better self-regulation skills. Fortunately, there are a number of therapeutic solutions that can help you learn to better regulate your emotions. That's the good news. There's always good news in every situation. So just to get more curious and dive deeper, what is emotional regulation disorder? Well, emotional regulation disorder is a condition where someone has difficulty managing their feelings. This inability to adequately regulate emotions is referred to as dysregulation. Dysregulation is a poor ability to manage emotional responses or keep reactions within an acceptable range. A person with emotional regulation disorder is more likely to experience dramatic changes in mood. These fluctuations in turn negatively impact the person's actions. Emotional regulation disorder can result in some of the following difficulty building and maintaining healthy relationships, self-destructive behavior, hypersensitivity, frequent meltdowns or temper tantrums, outbursts of emotions that are displaced onto someone who did not cause the harm. Emotional regulation disorder can also accompany other mental health issues. Disorders such as depression, stress, or even borderline personality disorder often complicate emotional regulation. There are many therapeutic approaches that can help with this, though. These interventions tend to be practical in nature and can be quite successful. One approach that can help with emotional dysregulation is dialectical behavioral therapy, known as DBT. DBT is a type of cognitive behavioral therapy that seeks to identify negative thinking patterns. Individuals work with a therapist to replace these patterns with positive behavioral changes. DBT is a cognitive reappraisal technique. It includes practices such as thought replacement or situational role reversals. In a situational role reversal, the person imagines a situation from a different perspective. This exercise can help them develop empathy and cognitive flexibility. One of the long-term goals of dialectal behavioral therapy is to improve distress tolerance. Distress tolerance is the ability to sit with uncomfortable emotions, sensations, and experiences. Emotional dysregulation often comes from a desire to override the undesirable feeling. Without awareness, people tend to resort to self-harm, substance abuse, and other behaviors to escape the feeling. 
Building Distress Tolerance provides a self-help toolkit. This usually includes self-soothing, distraction, and radical acceptance techniques. With practice, you can learn how to calm yourself down. Negative emotions are part of our daily lives, and pretending that they don't exist won't make them go away. Rather than trying to avoid them, we should try to develop emotional intelligence and regulation skills. Building the ability to self-regulate is crucial to leadership, communication, and relationships. I encourage you to take some time to reflect and go within. Get intimate with yourself and ask some deep questions on where you can adopt new skill sets that will allow you to regulate with ease, which in turn will elevate your life and those around you. I want to take a moment to thank each and every one of you who have shared this podcast, left a five-star rating and review, downloaded the podcast, listened faithfully, and provided any feedback along the way. Your words of encouragement have been felt. I deeply appreciate your support. We are now nearing the 100,000 download mark. What? Oh my God. (laughs) Seriously still geeking out. It's a milestone that seems so far off in the distance when I began this journey in June of 2022. For those of you who are on your own podcast journey or YouTube channel or new business venture, keep going. Consistently showing up is half of the journey, along with sharpening your skill set and getting 1% better each and every day. You have the power within to create something great. Each and every one of us has a special and unique quality within that is meant to shine out into the world so we can elevate the collective consciousness each and every day. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment and join my private community by texting the word community to 480-637-2228. For those of you who have already been connected with me over the years, You can expect the first email and text to drop August 1st. If you don't want to receive them, that's okay. Just simply opt out. No hard feelings at all. And just a quick reminder, if you've missed any notifications or posts on Instagram, Facebook, or even on the previous episode, I am moving to a one-week schedule. So new episodes will upload, download, however you want to call it, every Wednesday, a new episode every Wednesday. No longer do I have the Monday morning meditations or the wellness Wednesday. I'm doing just the Wednesday episode. I am actually in the studio recording a 22 guided meditation playlist just for you, which will be out later this fall, along with my very first published book. Can't wait. It's so excited. Like the fact that this is actually happening has me just beaming with joy. It's been so fun. It's been a long process. For those of you that know, I started writing a book actually about 10, 12 years ago, and it has shifted over the years, changed over the years. I've started and stopped. And each time I started again, it was just with a new lens. And so it was really difficult to complete it. And this time around, I'm now aligned with a fantastic, amazing publishing company 
that is streamlining the process for me, holding me accountable and helping me along the way to get it completed. So my first published book will be out this October, October 22nd to be exact, along with my 22 guided meditations playlist and possibly a journal to go with it. We're still in the works of if we're going to release it at the same time or not. But yes, a lot of good things coming in the next couple months and I'm working diligently behind the scenes. So that is the reason for the no more Monday morning meditations. However, if you have been listening, I have about 24, 25 guided meditations that I've released since the beginning of this year that you can just scroll back and see which one resonates with you and just hit that one again and enjoy it. So in the meantime, Make it a beautiful and prosperous day, friends. Much love.